This podcast is sponsored by FlashFilmAcademy.com. If you're into photography, filmmaking, or video production, FlashFilmAcademy.com is an online training platform designed to help you monetize your passion. There's a ton of information online to help you capture a better image, but there's only one place you need to go if your goal is to make a living doing what you love. Enroll today to get three free courses. FlashFilmAcademy.com. It's time to turn your passion into profit. This is a Flash Film Media Podcast. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? If this is your first time on this channel, it's very important that you know that this channel is simply about turning your passion into profit. We talk about the business side of the industry, and sometimes we dabble in some equipment. Right now, it's a big equipment war going on, but I am Black by Popular Demand and your host, Ty Turner, for the day here at Flash Film Academy. Where, you know, like I said, we preach it. We turn in passion to profit. Today, we got a very, very interesting show because we're going to talk about two things today. We're going to talk about two things today. Um, the main thing we're talking about, make sure I go up a little higher on this audio real quick. The main thing that I want to talk about today, actually, we're going to talk about that separate. Second, the first thing we're going to talk about is the war going on between Canon and Sony and whatever side that you're on. You know, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but we're also going to talk about pricing and when you should be increasing your pricing right when should your prices go up somebody sent me a good question today when should their prices go up and today we're going to talk about just that but first first you, you know we gotta we gotta roll this intro we gotta we gotta definitely roll the intro so we're gonna, we're gonna get the intro going and we're gonna come back and we're gonna be ready to chop it up and get right into it you're listening to content and cash a Flash Film Academy podcast. If you want to learn how to take pretty pictures, this is not the place. But if you're ready to make a living by learning the business behind the camera, buckle up because it's time to turn passion into profit with your host, Ty Turner. Well, well, I'm glad you all could join me for that uh, quick intro. I'm glad you can join me today. And let me start off by saying this. Let me start off by saying this. I got to put this out here. I got to put this out here. If you are a follower of the channel, let me close this. If you are a follower of the channel, what I'm going to say to you right now is not a shocker, right? But we got a lot of, we got a lot of Canon guys and, and they need to hear this. They need to hear this advice. I got to tell them. I got to tell them. I got to tell them the truth. Listen, Canon guys, please listen. I used to be one of you. I was a diehard Canon guy. I used to be one of you. I used to be one of you. But this is the best advice. You ever had your uncle, like, you ever had your uncle, like, you, like y'all step outside of the, the event, the gathering, and your uncle outside, like, drinking on something, and he like, boy, let me tell you something. And he give you some game that's just like, dang, uncle, I never really thought about it like that. Never really thought about life like that. And, you, and he, like, he go take a sip of his whatever, and he go back into the party, and you sitting on the porch and you just looking like, man, Uncle really broke it down. I'm going to break it down for you like that. Real talk. Listen, the best advice I can give you in the camera game is very simple. Marry the lenses, date the bodies. Let me say it again. Marry the lenses, date the bodies. Don't you fall in love with these bodies out here. Because bodies change. Lenses don't. All right? Don't fall in love with these bodies because bodies come and go. 
bodies change within two or three years. But that lens, that 70 to 200 that you hold on from Canon with maybe the first version with IS is still good to this day, even though it was back on your 5D Mark One and you never even thought about a mirrorless body. And here it is still holding you down in the park, taking pictures of your kids running or people moving or speakers on the stage. That old 70 to 200 IS 2.0 F 2.8 that you got and spent all that money for back in probably 2008, seven, nine, something like that is still kicking. But the body it was attached to is dead and gone. Do not fall in love with the bodies. I know a lot of you guys are straight up Canon guys, and I get it. I used to be one. Don't fall in love with the body. Fun film say my body is 49K. I don't even know. Is that is that the age or is that the resolution? I'm not sure, Fun Film. First of all, good looking out in the super chat. Fun film is a regular. He come through. And if I tilt my head this way a little bit, let me see if I tilt it that way. Yeah, you can kind of see like you got you can kind of see fun film right that way. I feel like a news guy. You can see Fun Film representing in the back. I had to do it like that, Fun Film, because it, uh, you know, it would have kept falling. Frame rate, all right. You gotta, you gotta, you can't be, you can't fall in love with the bodies, right? You can't. Don't do it to yourself. It's the worst thing you can do. One company is not doing everything right. And I'm just gonna be really, really, really honest with you. Canon gave you 12K, so you, I mean, 8K, not 12K. Blackmagic did that. Canon couldn't do that. Blackmagic did that. Um, Blackmagic, you got me tripping. Canon gave you 8K just so you could say, I'm still in the game. Unfortunately, they didn't give it to you in a way where you can actually play with it. They, they, they drafted um, the first round, the first pick of the first round, but he's injury prone and won't stay on the field long enough. So now you got this dope player that's in this big contract that's sitting on the sideline that only come out and play six minutes a game. He give you six good minutes, but that's it. The R5 is, it had to be a good photo camera because the thing that they advertise it to do well, it doesn't do. So you need to fall back on something. And yeah, it's a 45 megapixel, blah, 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 blah. So is my A7R3 from two years ago. Somebody said that the R5 is looking like Derrick Rose. Yeah, I don't even think the R5 is going to be as good as Derrick Rose. At least he had an MVP season. Oh, you, look, you like that lineup, Jeremy? Yeah, you know, I try to, you know, I keep it clean. You know, I try to keep it clean. You know what I'm saying? Try to keep it clean out here in these streets. So... <sighs> Canon guys, listen. You know who used to like you know who used to represent their stuff real hard if you're probably too young to remember? Um, Kodak guys, right? Film guys. Digital will never take over film. Film will be around. I will never. Kodak is killing it. Pentex and all this. I was like, okay. All right. I'm switching over from film to digital. Then DSLR is the mirrorless. Mirrorless cameras will never be. They don't have the mirror, blah, 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 blah. I like my camera big and bulky. I like it to pull it out and have to carry all this gear to get pictures. Okay. Mirrorless will never be. Then mirrorless come out. Sony will never be. They, I like the Canons with the, with the 8K for two minutes and then. Okay. What I'm trying to tell you, 
Somebody said Kodak stock went up 300%, but look into why. Something totally against cameras. I've been peeping at it. I got put up on that. Kodak stock did go up. It's a good time to buy. But when it comes to the camera market, they didn't make it. Um, what you got to realize is, you know, people saying now rumors going around that the new Sony overheats. Um, I, I, I just, I don't believe that. I just don't believe it. Um, if there are, listen on YouTube, I'm gonna tell you this and I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be really honest with you. Really, really, really honest with you. Be true with you. Right. There are some people on YouTube who are influencers that have been compensated. Now there's a lot of people that's just happy to get a free camera. That's, that's, you know, want to cater to their audience. They want to talk about stuff to their audience and be like, yo, they send me the new camera. I'm stoked. Let's talk about it. There are some, there are those. And then there are those where they're like, here's a camera or two and a check. Say this peace. Um, so I'm not, you know, there's a lot of YouTube. I'm not there yet. I'm not, I don't have the subscriber base to be there yet. That's cool. If I ever get there, I'm going to be real with you and say, Hey, you know, I accept the camera and I can talk about it, but then I don't cut me a check to say what I want, what they want me to say. It's not going to happen. And if it's, it's going to have to be a really dumb check. It's going to have to be, it's going to have to be a seven figure check with me saying, me telling y'all, if y'all ever see me on here holding the camera, like this camera is the goodest. I love this camera. It shoots in 8K all day. It is the bestest. Y'all know I got a check. <laughs> I'm leaning up against a Bentley. I'm joking. It'll never happen. Um, the point I'm trying to prove is, listen, there's a lot of different ways to fight this war. Fun Film says Fuzzy Riot Rules. I hear you. It's a lot of different ways to fight this war. Camera companies understand that influencers are how they sell probably 70 to 80% of their cameras strictly through influencers, period, right? That is why a lot of big cameras blew up. That's why they try to go after the sport market, right? How many people do you know shoot sport photography? Probably not as much, probably not as many as you know to shoot other photography. So why do so much go into the 1DX and the, and the A9s, like, why do they put so much time and effort and money into those cameras? Because those are the cameras that you see on TV every single week, period. That's it. There's no other reason. Nobody's buying cameras for sports like that. Out of all camera sales, I want to say probably 10% are for sports purposes. The rest are for hobby guys like me and you who want to take pictures who are in business. That's it. That's it. So, the reason companies are looking to dominate on a high-end sports market is only because of why you're watching a football game and the game ends and the coaches go to shake hands. You see all these cameras coming up with these neck straps and you're like, what's that? I want to shoot with what they got. I want to shoot with what they got. That's it. The sports market is not that huge. There's no way you can tell me that there's more people shooting sports photography than shooting flat-out portraits. Think about that. Think about... If you want it at right now as a photographer, if you wanted to go be a sports photographer, it's hard getting those jobs. You only get those jobs as a job. Like you don't get hired on as companies all the time. You get those jobs as a job, right? You get hired into a company that pays you 50, 40, $60,000 a year. They give you a budget, been there, done it. No tons of people that do it, right? No tons of people that do it. 
been around NFL photographers and everything. They, they're getting hired at less than what your company can make, and they're given a budget for a camera. Now, if they use that power correctly, they can go to Sony, Canon, and say, hey, I'm the photographer for the AAA league out in so Well, probably not that low. I'm the photographer for whatever MLB team, whatever NFL team. I'm their official photographer. Send me out a camera body. That way I can have it in all my shots and pictures and whatever. Okay, Sony will do it because when people see you with a Sony and they're like, wow, he's good enough to get that job. I want a Sony. So you got to think about that for a minute. Camera companies understand that this is the best way to sell cameras. This is the best way to sell cameras. So they want to make sure they go after influencers. Now, just like you can now the goal is to give an influencer a camera that they actually like that they're going to talk about and they're going to praise hey thank you i love this i hate this i love that perfect the goal is to get them a camera that they will naturally say great things about it backfires when somebody reveals something like canon's overheating right remember sony went through this the, the, what was it? A6500s, the A6400s, the A7, one of the A7 lineups overheated. It was a guy on YouTube. I think his name was um, Turbo something. He was a guy at a channel and he, his channel was doing okay. And he said that his Sony overheated and his channel blew up. And Sony jumped on it and tried to work it out and get it fixed just so he can, he can have a follow up saying that, hey, my camera was trash and now it's better. You know what I'm saying? So, Influencers is where it's at. Now, influencers can also be used to help lower what you think of a different brand. It's a lot of positive, but there's a lot of negative. It's just like, you know, presidential campaigns, commercials. One of them saying, hey, I'm doing a great job. I passed these laws. And then you'll see another commercial with the opposite guy saying what he did wrong. He agreed to this. He voted on throwing babies in fires. He voted on you know, this, that, and the other. And you're like, dang. So that negative influencer marketing is a thing. So be mindful of it when you see it. However, I don't think that's the case with the R5. I think people just had great expectations and it it overheated. Kind of said, we gave you AK. We didn't say how much AK we was going to give you now. We gave you AK though. You wanted it. Y'all was crying for it. We gave it to you. We didn't say you was going to be AK all day. We just, as long as it do 8K, we can sell it as an 8K camera, period. We said 8K raw, we gave it to you. You just got 12 minutes worth. And that's just, it is what it is. Um, Real quick, let me get to some of these questions real quick. Canon was the one that revealed that the camera overheated. Maybe they should have kept their mouth shut. I think they wanted to get ahead of it. And, you know, saying that there are recording limits to keep the camera cool is a whole lot better than an influencer saying, I got a camera. I couldn't record nothing but eight minutes because it was hot. What is this? So jumping ahead of it, you know, sounding smart, saying that to keep our cameras working within temperatures of blah, 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 we've added a timer to make sure that you don't burn out. It's a feature to prevent you from damaging the camera. It sounds a whole lot better than, hey, this camera can't, it can only record 20 minutes in 8K indoors in perfect room temperature. Outdoors, you can forget about it. And it takes an hour and a half to cool off. So it's something that they tried to jump and get ahead of. 
seeing what Sony, what happened to Sony and how Sony learned from it. Cause, cause all these Canon guys are just new to the idea of cameras overheating. Sony guys, we've been dealing with overheating issues. It's never like, okay, we already know we've been dealing with overheating issues for two years. Fam, let's go. What's next? Take the battery out, flip the screen up, go to item Mr. Quarter. I got a video talking about dealing with Sony's overheating. That's two years old. That's still getting views right now. This is new to you. Canon guys. So over time, Canon has found a way to fix it. My a seven R three never overheats. It never overheated. My a 6,500 didn't as much. If you had an a 6,400, that boy was sparking. It was sparking. So, I mean, those are things that you now know. Can Sony has been working to eliminate that problem. And what they did was instead of swing for the fence and give you something crazy, we're going to give you the best of 4K. Much appreciated. If you use your camera, if, you're, if your money, if your livelihood and your money depends on your camera, there's no way I'm getting a Sony R5. I'm just keeping it real with you. I don't even need, I, we can go photography for photography. I don't really, I'm buying that for video purposes only. So, you know, Nicholas, say I'm from New York and the uh, pandemic is still a complete lockdown. Is it dumb to change my niche for jobs? I can take now and change it again um, when I can do other jobs. Okay, so it depends on what you're switching switching on doing. You could go in one direction lightly, but I guarantee you in your niche, there's probably a COVID twist that you can add to it to still go out to clients. It's just that you haven't you haven't bent it to go after Somebody said they should have said it was AK photo burst. There were a few companies that did that. Um, most of sports photographers start off as freelance photographers. Okay, yes and no. Freelance, free in the word freelance or term freelance is the key. You start off shooting on the sideline for free. Correct. I know a lot of um, people who shot for NFL games that were brought in as free freelancers and i'm gonna tell you in fact it's a it's a video I, I need to post to the gold section talking about when i was offered a job for the cowboys um and i'll give you a, a tidbit of that right now right i was offered a job and i remember going to the interview and when i say they were working the dog snot out of these people i mean these people it was the off season i mean they were just oh, 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 like like it was, you you know, it was like one of the movies where it's just like a drum and it's just people in there. Boom, 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 boom. And they like, like rolling. Huh, 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 huh. And I'm like, this is the Cowboys headquarters. Like what's going on in here? And the first thing they got me in there when they asked me, they were like, what's your favorite team? Oh, real quick. Good looking out. Media Smith LLC. Um, there was like, what's your favorite football team? And they all sitting around like, like I'm about to say Dallas Cowboys. And I'm like, <clears throat> Detroit Lions, they were like, oh. The thing is, a lot of people want those positions so bad that they undervalue themselves just to be a part of it. Right? Just feeling like, hey, if I can if I can get the Cowboys on my resume, whoo, I'm they they undervalue their themselves just to be a part of something bigger. And that's a no-go for me because I know what I can get in these streets. I know what my business can bring in, right? I'm I'm not going. I know what I can do on a bad in a bad year. I can do double what y'all trying to pay me, and they, they wasn't throwing me pennies. They weren't throwing me pennies, but um, 
people tend to undervalue themselves to work with bigger organizations. So a lot of those photographers are making 30, 40, 50,000, 60,000 maybe. Yeah. Which depending on where you are and what you're doing may seem like great money, but they making hundreds of millions off that media, off that content, hundreds of millions, especially with the cowboy organization or any football organization. I'm not, nah, bruh. And I've worked with them before as a company. Um, so, you know, you gotta be careful. Um, what, what you, you know, when it comes to sports photography, the cats that I know who make the most money in all of sports photography, believe it or not, don't do professional sports photography. They do portraits for little league games. They do team portraits. Those are the guys that I know that are making six, six figures plus setting up tents, booths, getting pictures of kids, getting pictures of the team and, and landing the contracts with the leagues and then coming there, capturing shots. Those are the guys doing six plus six plus figures. It's not the guys that work with the team. And I'm, I'm, I just, I haven't, I've yet to meet one or even hear about a team photographer that made six figures. 60 is usually high, right? Most I know make 35, 40 and they're, and they're walking around in a, NFL, you know, shirt. So it's not what you think, right? A lot of that is them. I don't want to say taking advantage because that's not the proper word to use, but them working with people who really want to work for the organization. Listen, I'm a big Detroit Lions fan. That's my squad. I'm a ride or die with them. If they call me up and say, come be our team photographer, I'd go just because I want to work with them. That's my, that's my team. I do it for a season. Why not? I give everything up to go do it for a season just to be around my team. I'm not going to lie to you, but I got enough stash where, you know, it is what it is. But as a, as a, you know, it will be like, it's almost me taking 16 weeks off of work or planning my schedule around my, my business schedule around that part. That's just my squad. I do it. If your favorite team called you, you would do it, but you won't, you won't be making a lot of money. They, they do it. They do you like that on purpose. Um, so real quick, I just wanted to touch on that when it comes to influencers, be careful because a lot of people are getting more than you think. Do you use, uh, do you denoise and resolve? Yes. Yes, I do. Denoise and resolve resolve has the best denoise or money can buy. In my opinion, it's better than neat. It's better than all everything I've tried, everything else I've tried. So. Um, there used to be a time where YouTubers were telling everyone, if you're recording longer than five minutes, you're doing it wrong. I agree. Listen, the issue, I don't care about how long you can press record and it records. I don't care about that. Right. 30 minutes for me has always been enough. I've never really needed more than that. I don't care about that. I care about how long the camera is available to shoot in maximum resolution. You got to understand that. People, a lot of people who have the camera who are testing it is saying once they switch the camera into 8K mode, before they start filming, before anything, while they're setting up their shot, setting up lights, the timer is going off. And then once it gets to 20 minutes, it's cutting off, period. Now, if you film for two seconds or 19 minutes within that 20 minute mark, it's on you. But once it hits 20 minutes, you're SOL. 
that's a no-go for me. That's not an 8K camera. That's a 4K camera with 8K possibilities. That's not an 8K camera, right? That that should almost be they're, – they're, they're, that's almost class action lawsuit type of deal right there. Like, yeah, it records an 8K, but it's not an 8K. It's not functional. You know what I'm saying? It's not functional. That's just my opinion. I'm just a guy on YouTube with a mic. That's just my opinion. Um, Media Smith says, yes, yes, better than Red Giant? Yes, yes. I, I like Resolve. I like Resolve. Um, I wish Sony worked out a, a deal with them where they have um, Black Magic Raw, but more than likely they're not going to ever have Black Magic Raw. They're going to have, I wish Atomus would work out a deal where they have Black Magic Raw. But Adamus is, is dead set on ProRes Raw, which I don't have too much of an issue with. I shoot a majority of stuff in ProRes. I'm not going to lie to you. I shoot a majority of stuff in ProRes. That's just me. Um, that's just because I, it's just a convenient file. A lot of times I'm using Final Cut Pro. I'm in and out. If I'm doing something major that requires some great um, color correction, um, it's mostly in Resolve. So I'm usually jumping back and forth. Just got started on Resolve a few weeks ago. Look at the denoiser and check it out. Yes, if you got the paid version. If you don't got the paid version, you won't. Gerald Undone went, went in on the Canon 5 saying it is an upgraded EOS R with newer features. Unusable 8K in real situations. Every influencer that I watch went in on Canon. Like, like if you've been watching YouTube for the past two and a half, three weeks, Literally, the roller coaster and Canon did like this, and then it did like that. Everybody was like, "Whoa, we got the camera, 8K, we can't wait." Blah 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 blah. Oh. And then it was just heat video, heat video, heat video, heat video. Boom, boom, boom. Like, gosh, it was just, it wasn't a good look. So, I mean, it's just you know, it is what it is. Do I prefer Mac over PC? Yes, without a doubt. It ain't even close. It's not even close. Um, definitely. And I can explain to you why really quickly before we go into different things. Macs just run way better, way better. Even with less specs, they run way better. Um, think about it like this, right? The, 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 thing that, the thing that drove me away from Windows is what drove me away from Android, right? Because it tries to do everything for everybody as far as hardware, it's not really good nowhere. Where iOS and Mac OS... It's designed for specific hardware. It lets you maximize that hardware. So you can get a Mac or iPhone with less specs than its counterpart um, Android or Windows, and it'll run circles around it. Point blank, period. Don't I'm not getting paid by them. Don't care to get paid by them. That's, it is what it is. Um, is. Is 4K really important for corporate work interviews and marketing content, or is it mainly 1080p? Okay, so I'm glad you asked that question because that is a really, really, really good question. That is a really good question. I'm going to tell you the number one reason I want a 4K camera when doing interview shots, right? The number one reason is jump cuts, right? Because if I get people that say, hey, you know, in this building – um, we often do, I can go to the wide shot where, Hey, we all in the building and then I can cut out the, um, and jump cut it to when they start. And now I have two cameras in one and I don't lose resolution doing it because I can't really do that with 1080p. So that jump cut allows me to get that dialogue and cut it up the way I want to and jump in and out without losing resolution. 
for that for me, that makes it worth recording in 4K for me. That's why I want 4K. I'm delivering in 1080p. Most times I'm delivering in 720p because they don't care. They want it. They, they don't really need 1080p sometimes. I do it just because, but, you know, it's the way to go. Um, Another thing you got to think about with the, listen, resolution is, there are certain terms. You, you know how, like, remember I tell you all the time, like the TV industry, is, they're having a problem selling TVs. So they're rewording stuff to make it sound dope. Aquavision and blah, 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 and this and that and and Triggy Vision and blah, 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 blah. And so you can go in there and be like, but this TV has Aquavision 3000 and this one don't. Well, they just called their pixels that. Of course, only Sharp got it because if Panasonic called that in their TV, they would get sued, but they have something just as good. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a whole lot of that going on. It's like autofocus on Canon's is called dual pixel autofocus. Okay, that's great. It's still just autofocus. Every other manufacturer can do it. Canon will just have you to believe the branding side of it, which is great marketing, that you need dual pixel autofocus. And if that camera don't have dual pixel autofocus, it's not good autofocus. And that's just not the case anymore, right? Resolution is one of those things where think about it. You've had a digital camera that did 15 megapixels and it was trash. And you had a and you had a camera that did three megapixels and the image was absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I used to have an Olympus that was like a two megapixel point and shoot. It was some of the most crisp, clear pictures I ever had. And it was like a two megapixel. So I call myself ordering like this eight megapixel. Like, yeah, I'm about to get this eight megapixel camera. Trash money, bad and low light, no dynamic range. It was just trash. Went back to my Olympus back in the day. Resolution is not all that, right? I Dynamic range. Sony just hit everything I care about. Anybody that's looking at a... Anybody that's looking at a final image on a monitor for the likes of quality, if you're looking at an image and you're and you respect the quality, you're looking at the quality of it and that is important to you. Dynamic range at 4K is more important than 8K. Low light at 4K is more important than 8K. Like there's certain you don't need a 45 megapixel camera. It's just not needed for a good 4K image. You only need 8 8 megapixels. So all of that extra stuff, you just don't care. It's just fluff. It's fluff to sell to people who are getting, you know, bullied because they got cameras, because they got Canons, I mean, and they're trying to hold on to everything Canon. So Canon say, I'm going to give you something to talk about. It's really going to be the same stuff as before. We're just going to give you a little bit just so you can't get bullied no more and you'll stick with us. I'm going to give you raw 10-bit 8K for 20 seconds. And and people who are just and there are listen, I told you in the camera industry is two type of guys. There's the old old man that's like, I've been buying Nikon for years. I wouldn't buy no damn Tamron lens, no Sigma. I'm only buying Nikon because Nikon is the best. And there's those there are those guys. And then there are guys who understand that now the, com the camera industry is the computer industry. It is technology. Things double every 18 months. Things change. Things evolve. You had a Hewitt, Hewitt Packard one month. Next year, you had a Compact. Then you had a Packard Bell. Then you had an IBM ThinkPad. Like you jump brands like it was nothing because you went with who came out with the best stuff. And the camera industry is that way now. It's technology. And it, it ain't just about the brand. 
You know, the days where a brand couldn't come out of nowhere and kill a game are it's unheard of. Look at Tesla. They're rivaling GM and Ford and Toyota that's been in business for a hundred years. They come out of nowhere, not even 20 years, and they're dominating their market. So new companies can come out of nowhere and take over. It's just that people who are stuck on their Canon, stuck on their Nikon, that old guy at the at the physical camera shop, he, he don't even want to see what the new stuff is. You know, he just, he don't want to see what the new stuff is. So things change, things evolve. When I first seen Sony cameras, I was like, there's no way I'm getting one. I had a friend that shot one. We had Canons. And then I started looking at the A6500 the A is what switched me over. Um, so um, let's see. A lot of influencers have tested the A7S3 outdoors and direct sunlight in the summer and got and and the battery ran out long before it overheated i've seen that on from multiple influencers right i've also seen multiple influencers say i film with the r5 indoors in 73 degree room and it died in 13 minutes and i couldn't reuse it for another hour and a half so it is what it is um Canard says, I'd rather spend my money on a C200 than the R5. I totally agree. I'd rather spend my money on the A7S3 than the C200. The A7S3 has eliminated everything in the Sony Cinema lineup from the C300 down. If you're not looking at anything above the C300, it's, it's nothing to talk about. And I'm just being honest with you. And I'm going to be real. Listen, I'm going to be real. I'm about to be real with you. Listen, y'all know I love the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera, but the 4K has just been killed. The 4K is dead in the water. If you don't got a 6K, it, it, the line for what's acceptable now or what I would buy if I was getting ready to buy is right between the 6K and the 4K. I'm just going to be real with you. Fun film, good looking out on the super super chat. Just got a Canon 70 to 300 um, F4. Can't wait to get more practice and start shooting. That's one of the ones you need to take outside to the game. Um Dream Vision says it's true. The A7S3 is head to head with the FX9 in most areas. Heard that a few times. I agree. FS5's gone. FS7's maybe. But I the only reason I'll take the 6K Black Magic is because it's 6K. It's getting killed in dynamic range. It's getting killed in the, the fact that it autofocuses. It's getting killed in size, flip up screen, portability. What else you want to do? Like, where else you want to go with it? It's getting killed in everything. Um, the Sony, because of the E-mount, is more flexible with lenses. It's getting killed in a lot of areas. Better audio because it got the XLR uh, ports that you can add on to it. The only thing that the, the Blackmagic 6K has over the Sony is 6K. That's it. So... The Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera is at the price. It is a great, it's it's still my, go I still got one. I still got one. I'm saying if I wanted to get a beast of a 4K camera right now, it's going to be A7S3, C300, or C500. Not even a C300. C500 or FX9, something like that. That's where I'm going. So something to think about. I want dynamic range. I don't care about... I don't anything 4K or above. I'm happy with. I want dynamic range, period. That's what I want. Dynamic range is what makes the picture dope. 
That's what I want. All right. The best investment in marketing. All the rest. Um, does this mean wait, clients are emailing? I want to make sure I read that right. He said the best investment in marketing. All the rest doesn't mean a thing unless clients are emailing and calling. Okay, the thing is this. The thing is this when it comes to marketing. I say this all the time. The goal is to be where they're looking. Right? The goal is to be where people are looking. You can't just go to random people and have people call you and do business with you. That's the, for, that, for that reason, plumbers don't knock on your door and say, your pipe's working? They don't do that. Right? They just make sure that when your pipes burst, wherever you go, they're there explaining why they are the best. If your marketing doesn't do that for you or doesn't focus on that, it's not good marketing. It's not good marketing. Um, Ursa Mini 12K for 10K is fire. I agree. It's not for me. I'm not doing special effects. It has less dynamic range. It's not for me. I, there's, I have no use for it at all. I think it's a thing of beauty. Um, I feel the same way about John Deere tractors, but there's nothing I can do with it. I'm not going to buy one because it's the latest and greatest because there's nothing I can do with it. Just want to be real with you. Let me cut on my silent but deadly fan. Oh, that ain't silent and deadly. That's loud. Okay. So, you know, I'm just, I, I'm just being honest with you. 50, the thing that kill it, 15 stops the dynamic range. 15 stops to dynamic range. I was done there. 15 stops to dynamic range. That's what the Ursa Minis get for a lot cheaper, a lot smaller. And it gives you 16-bit external. The Ursa Minis aren't giving you that. The G2 don't give you that. It don't give you 16-bit. I think it's like 12 or something, 14, something like that. So those are things you got to think about. And it's not giving you that low light. You got When you compare the low light of the A7S, the best low light camera, period. Name something better, please. Name something better that's not all green with night vision. I'll wait. The best low light of any camera, period. Right? 15 stops of dynamic range. And Canon people are saying, well, it's not usable 15 stops. Well, Canon promising you 13. How much of their stops do you think is usable? I'd rather take 15 and only 14, 13 usable than to be promised 13 and only get 10 or 9. It's still more than a cannon. It's nothing to talk about. So superior low light, crazy low light, the best low light in the business, great dynamic range within that low light, full frame, 4K at 16-bit externally. Oh, I'm cool with the 10-bit internal. Um, the A7S three outputs raw, which will probably go to an Atomus Ninja 5 right now. They're saying this will, will work. Um, but to get the full, they're gonna probably Adam is probably gonna come out with another set of recorders in the next year. I can almost promise you that they're gonna probably do some 8K recorders, something crazy, um, to take advantage of it. But yeah, you know, it's something to think about. Let me see. Flash, we said if I, what was that? Okay. A brand new video shooter with the A7, A7, A7 So, okay, let me tell you real quick. Jay's asking about if he had a certain amount of equipment, would he be prepared enough to hit the ground running when he moved to Vancouver in April? The thing is this. You need to make sure you got lighting and audio. I don't. The camera doesn't matter. The lens don't matter as much. Lighting and audio matters most. Lighting and, lighting and audio matters 
I can I can shoot with an iPhone with the right lighting and audio. So the camera and lens don't don't really match. Um, Sony needs to send you a camera the way you're selling the A7S III. I'm just keeping it real. I, there's nothing else better on the market right now. Um, there's just nothing else better on the market. I was like, I was like this about the black magic pocket 4k people who watch me that long enough. know that was my go-to camera. I got rid of my FS five for it. Did a whole video about it. It was my go-to camera. I still stand by that, that decision. Um, you know, in your business, if you're dating the lens and not the body, when do you make the switch to the a seven S three? Great question. Great question. Um, when profits are there and you feel the need to change, other than that, you don't have to. I, I don't have a reason to buy a camera right now, honestly. If I get the A7S three, it's simply because I want it. I don't have a reason to buy a camera. I don't have a reason to buy a camera. My lifespan on my camera is usually about two years. So, yeah. Any good recommendations for lighting interviews? Yes, go with LED lights with, with Bowen's mounts. Bowen's mounts... Go soft boxes, get some really good light. So, something to think about. Um, voiceover script editors on Fiverr. I don't. I don't think. I got to go back and look. I don't think so though. Just voiceovers, just voice talent. But it depends on the voice that you like. It was a question that popped up. I want to make sure I answer it. Wonder what the GH six will be. I do too. Though I'm not crazy about Panasonic because they're not. I'm going to tell you why Panasonic's, if they don't do this thing, they're out the race for sure this time. I don't. They need to go. They need to find a way to compete in the autofocus game if you're going into the hybrid camera. That was the question. Somebody asked, what, do I think hybrid cameras are going away? It was something along the lines of that. Somebody asked about hybrid cameras and I meant to get to it. Gosh. Um,. So let me answer that. Hybrid cameras. Listen, I told you a long time ago, it's going to come a time where we are shooting on, we're going to be shooting on, on iPads. We're going to be shooting on iPads. It's, it's going to happen. You think I'm crazy right now, but I promise you, it's going to happen. Get prepared for it. It's going to happen. We're going to be shooting on iPads someday. And I just want to be real with you. Don't don't call me crazy. I also um, I also predicted that not only will Sony drop the A7S three, but this A7S four is going to come way quicker than the than the A7 between the space between the S two and the S three, and the A7S four is going to be a six K or an eight K. They're going to find a way to to really double down on Sony. Um, I thought they were going to announce them at the same time. Being the A7S three would be a four K or a six K variant. And the A7S4 be an 8K variant. If they find out how to get an 8K without overheating, good night, Canon. Good night. It is going to be the one-two punch. It's going to be the one-two punch. I think we'll get to shooting, filming with iPads within the next two generation of iPads. Because think about it. This is the, bro, think about it. How many, how many years ago did you have to show up with a big camera on your shoulder for a company, a client to take you serious, right? Then it went from that to a small camcorder. Then it went from a small camcorder to a DSLR. We're from a DSLR now to a mirrorless. What's next? It's going to be your iPad. Your iPad's going to be next. Then your iPhone. So think about it. 
<laughs> what if the A7S3 is hitting the market to compete with the R6 and the A7S4 will be the R5 killer? I wouldn't put it past Sony. Sony got your, Sony could be doing some slide of hand. Hey, look over here. Wop. It could happen. They've been, they've been holding on to this junk for about, it's a, it's been five years. They released like five or four of the cameras in that period. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So they already shot, they already shot the Christmas commercials last year and early this year. That was on the iPhone. I totally agree. Listen, I'm not I'm not concerned with the quality of the iPhone and iPad. The quality is there. The quality from your iPhone is better than your DSLRs from just maybe three or four years ago on your iPad and iPhone. The quality is not an issue. The, the, the accessory market is not an issue. The apps that they offer to help you is not an issue. The issue is you as a creative feeling comfortable showing up to a job with one. You being able to convince a client that you can get the job done with that tool. That's it. It took a lot of people to be like, hey, man, this footage from this 5D Mark II is lit. Like, for real. Like, hold up. I know y'all want us to use the big camera, but I got it. I want to use this, this, you know, this 5D Mark II. It wasn't until reports came out and articles saying 5D Mark II is used on a movie set. They use the, the video feature because it's so good on a movie set. And they love the look of the full frame camera on a movie set. Then people was like, oh, maybe we can shoot with these. Then the, then the accessory market blew up. Cages, audio extras, all that junk blew up around it. When people finally was like, okay, I guess I don't need this big old camera. Because it was to be big old, big old camcorders. Camcorder sales are down. Sony camcorders with the fixed lenses on them. They they shot straight down and DSLRs took off. You got to think that fifty percent of DSLR and mirror sales, mirrorless sales. And I'm a, I'm gonna be honest. I think it's a little bit more. I think it's fifty to fifty five percent of mirrorless and camera sales come from people who just want video, just want video. That way they don't have to spend eight thousand dollars for a camcorder, a Panasonic camcorder. And, and what Sony did to combat that was drop the FS line, the FS 700, the FS 100, the FS 5. Those were taking DSLR concepts and having interchangeable lenses because most camcorders didn't have interchangeable lenses. You had what was locked on it, which was a 50 to 118 F5.6 forever. Like, that's what you had, that big old lens with the handle on it, and you're doing this, you know, you're shooting, you're filming like this. Yeah, welcome to the, that was that was it. But the 5D Mark II changed a lot. So, you know, you there, there are shows, there's a show on Netflix that's filmed completely on an iPhone. Completely on an iPhone. So, that's what you got to think about. The GH4 can be bought for $400, 500 will record 4K. You can go get a Sony FS700 for probably dirt cheap and get an Atomus recorder, and it's now a 4K, 14 stops of dynamic range camera. That's, the resolution is not an issue. Don't, don't, don't swallow the resolution hook. Resolution is not the issue. It's never been the issue. If I gave you, if you say, look, I'm going to give you a 4K camera with 15 stops of dynamic range, or I'm going to give you a 1080p camera. No, I'm going to say a 2K camera. A 2K camera. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. With 20 stops at dynamic range, which one are you going with? It's a no-brainer. I'm going with the 2K for 20. Most, most, what, Alexas, most area Alexas are like 2K, not you, Alexa, the other Alexa. They're like 2K, 2.5K. They're not full 4K. They're upscale, but they have the dynamic range. All right. Let's uh let's pause for our sponsor and then let's talk about pricing. Let's get to the business side. We had enough fun with A7Rs and all that stuff. That's cute. Let's talk about the business side. But first, let me go ahead and play our sponsor real quick. Let me do that. You're listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. There's some questions that was asked that I really want to jump into. I popped up while we were going through that sponsor break. Um, one of them real quick um, talks about best advice for buying a desktop monitor. This topic is not covered much by anyone on YouTube. Okay. I'm going to tell you why it's not cool anymore. Cause, cause all, most monitors are really good for gaming purposes. They've, they've gotten a lot better. It depends on if you're color grading and you're heavy into cover color grading, right? That's the only factor of a good monitor. In my opinion, everything that's pretty much used for gaming is up to par with, you know, everything is pretty color accurate. Everything has a decent refresh rate. There's not a lot that is bad anymore. It just depends on how big you want it, um, what resolution you want it. You can't go wrong. There is a company, I think the name, I think the name, don't quote me, is QNAP or something like that. They make very inexpensive um color color correction or color corrected monitors monitor it's just not it's not as hard as it used to be where a lot of companies made crap a lot of companies are making really 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 good monitors the important thing i would get is a spider color checker so that you can make sure your monitor stays accurate um while you have it stays color accurate so fun film media smith had a question for you where's the question looking on the super chat uh where's that question and just real quick, Jay, while I'm in, in the questions, he says, I have light and audio as well. I was referring to signing up on Flashman Academy, courses, video, business, education. Would I be prepared enough for the move? Yes. Yes. He's, we want to know, is he at a point where he can start thinking about the business side? You, you should start thinking about the business side before you buy the, before you buy the gear. Ben Q, that is the name of the monitor. Yes. You want to, you want to, um, you want to be focused on the business side before you're focused on the every other side. You want to build the brand. Media, I'm trying to find Media Smith's question. Media Smith, can you ask the question again? I got you. Here's the question. There is an EF mount lens adapter for Sony. Oh, that question. Yes. So you can get an EF mount adapter um, for all of E-mount glass or E-mount body. So let me make sure I'm clear on that. Any EF mount lens will work on a Sony body. Any EF mount lens. Excuse me. Today is brought to you by the great taste of Coca-Cola. Um, so I like to buy EF glass, right? That's my favorite mount to buy it on because it works on Canon, Sony's, and Blackmagic's. 
Now, if you need super fast, super fast focusing, the Sony glass is going to always be your best bet. I would only, I would definitely get it for something like a 70 to 200 on a wide lens. I'm sticking with my EF mount because I don't need fast wide angles. Like I need fast zooms. So that's the only time I would invest in, in my opinion, in Sony glass. I'd rather have EF because I go from black magic to pocket cinema to original pocket to a seven R Mark three. And I use the same glass. So EF is where you want to be. RF one RF only works on the RF mount because the flange distance is so much less than EF. Um, and RF is really expensive right now. Really expensive right now. While talking about biz- building a business, do you use a regular bank or online bank? Almost sign up for Novo Bank. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Um, you, I want I want a physical bank for my business. I want a physical bank for my business because I may have to withdraw a large amount of money for the business. I can't do that with the online bank. So I would suggest you get a physical bank. Go with a big bank. Go with a Bank of America or wherever you are. Go with a big bank in your area. You, you, you want to do that. Z23 Studios. Good looking out on the super chat. Thanks for always giving the granddad advice. Um, I've been here from the start. Um, I want to have you view my site because I'm a whole... Wait, whole other style of niche, editing video effects, ETA on master courts by Q4, definitely by Q4. Um, I'm just adding some things to it because some things are changing and I'm trying my best to, I don't want to just offer the course where it's just videos, but I'm trying my best to include things that will help you in business. I can't say it without giving too much away, but I'm trying to include tools. I'll put it to you like that. The goal is to include tools. I will leave that there. What do you use for explainer videos? Looking to get into explainer videos seems fairly easy. Okay, explainer videos can be really, really, really expensive if you don't have somebody that's doing animation. Unless you want to do a copy and paste, cut one size fit all um, type of explainer video, you need somebody that's going to animate it. I have a editor that I work with specifically for explainer videos. I know what the cost is so I can, you know, budget it out for a client. I know what my cost is so I can know what my, you know, make sure my profits, profit margins are there. But I try to avoid explainer videos, to be honest with you, because there isn't much markup. There's a lot of work in animation and animation. People usually think explainer videos is a way to save money, but explainer videos cost more than a regular video. I can hire some talent and have them talk about it way cheaper than us doing a 30 second explainer video. So something to think about. Um, Media Smith talks about adapt. So adapters, let me break it down to you. Let me break it down to you like this real quick. And then we're going to go into pricing because it's something you got to know with adapters, right? Okay. Um, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about lenses and adapters. Um, the price of the master course, it's, we'll talk about that later. It's, it's, it's up there. Okay, so um, let's talk about lenses and adapters, right? What made Sony mirrorless so great and when it first started 
so great. What made it so dope is the flange distance of the mount, right? The flange distance is the distance between where the glass, the first piece of glass needs to be in the, in the, in the, um, in the lens and the actual, um, sensor, right? On EF mounts, it's about like an inch. Like it's, it's ridiculous. See if I got a lens close by, I can grab and show you. Hold up. Let me show you. There we go. Now let's talk about it real quick. So this is an EF lens, right? This lens is the EF lens. I'm sorry. This lens is an E-mount lens. See how little it is? As soon as you open the back, the glass is right there, right? When you have an EF mount, the reason it was so easy to convert standard lenses for DSLRs over to, to uh, E-mount or to Sony or mirrorless cameras was because standard EF lenses has so much space between them that it's easier to add space to make them work than it is to remove space, right? So on a standard lens, you add the adapter. The main thing of the adapter is to add the right amount of space between the EF lens and the body so that the EF lenses will work, right? So, so that the EF lenses will work. This lens, because it's so close, you could you can put this up to an EF mount and it, it just wouldn't work. It needs it needs a certain amount of space. E mount lenses require very little space, so they can be adapted to any lens that require more space, which is usually the EF mounts, the Nikon's, the the you can put a micro four thirds lens on the EF mount. However, you can't do the reverse because in the camera. And in the lens, there's so much space that there's no way to eliminate that space. You'd have to cut the front of your camera off and get it closer to the, to the sensor. That's why it's a lot easier to adapt EF lenses, Nikon lenses, Micro Four Third lenses to E-mounts, to Sony's. That's also the case with RF mounts because everybody who created mirrorless took advantage of this idea of let's reduce the space between the back of the lens and the sensor that's needed so that you can adapt other lenses to it. All right. Now that we kind of got, you know, now that we kind of got that out of the way and you guys understand the difference, that's, that's a quick way I can break it down. Do you, okay. Let's talk about pricing. Let's definitely get on pricing. And I'm going to answer this question, and then we're going to talk about um, when to you when when to change the price. Landon says, "Do you have separate price lists for large corporate clients and separate price for smaller mom and pop businesses, or your pricing stays the same for every type of client?" That is a great question, and I'm going to be really trill with you. I got one price for everybody. Either um, either you can pay to play, or you can't. Either you can afford me, or you can't. Some can't. That's cool. Come back and see me when you can. Again, now my pricing structure, remember I told you in the last video, my pricing structure is is based on a based plus hourly, you know, base plus hourly price, right? For me to edit a video, if it's a two minute video, the first minute is going to be $500. The second minute is going to be 150. Why do I do this? And let's go over this really quickly before we get into it, right? I do this because I have a cost of operation for me to get up load my van, put gas in it, drive to you, set up, set up lighting, cost money. 
right? It costs money. Somebody got to pay for it. And I need to make a certain dollar amount before I even get out of my bed, before we even move forward to talk about doing anything. There is a certain cost of doing business for me. There's a certain cost of doing business for me. Real quick, this is an adapter to take an EF lens and adapt it to a E-mount body, a Sony body. Um, So my price list does not change. It don't matter who I'm working with. Either you can afford me or you can't, right? I don't, I don't care if, and I'm not going to say, how can I say this and be, Politically, you know, screw it. I'm just going to be real with you. My light bill don't change whether or not I got 100000 in the bank or 20000 in the bank, right? My car note, I'm going to say that don't change. It's based on your credit, but you, your, your bills don't change whether or not how much money you got in your life. So your prices shouldn't, period. I don't. I used to work with a lot of nonprofits. I stopped falling for that because I used to think before I knew business, I used to think nonprofits didn't have money. And really, they got a boatload of money. They got a boatload of tax-free money that was given to them that they're just sitting on to do whatever they see fit. Sometimes pay their CEO millions of dollars. I'm not killing myself for a nonprofit. If you want content, you're going to pay, just like everybody else. Now, will I try to work out a deal, maybe give you a little slight discount, 3%, 2%, blah, 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 blah? Maybe, but I'm not cutting my prices in half, or I'm not working for free for you because you are a nonprofit. You made that choice. To be a nonprofit. I am a for-profit organization. Period. You got to pay to play. So it's just it's business, right? If you're nice to everybody, you're not going to make any money. And you're going to be the nice guy with people like, you know, let people get free stuff and they walk out and do their thing. You have to, you have to have your structure set with your pricing. You don't want to eyeball it and be like, oh, I think I charged you what I charged you last time. I know for a fact we had two guys on set for four hours. I know what the base was. I know what the price for every other hour was. I know what I charged you. Easy. You need to have that set, right? So with that being said, once you have your pricing structure, which should be a part of your proposal that go out to the client so they can know how you got to the price you got to, every year, Minimum two years, that price needs to increase. Just like inflation increase, just like the cost of living increase. Everything, it needs to go up. Now, if you've been charging $3 for something, you're not going to be able to go to 500 No. I told you, you can't, you can't recover from being a cheap guy. That's your penalty from being a cheap guy. You cannot go from $3 to $500 all of a sudden because you went out and financed the red and mortgaged half your house to finance this red camera. Now you want to be a $500 an hour guy. It don't work like that. Not to previous customers. So you need to go up usually five to 15% yearly, right? Every year, every physical year, whatever you want, but you need to go up yearly. Don't go up too many times in a year. And studies have shown that customers agree, understand, and respect that. If your price don't go up, they're looking at you like, well, where are you cutting corners? Where are you cutting costs? Most people understand the price is going to fluctuate. It is what it is. So keep that in mind. But what if you know the company is like a Fortune 500 company and has so much money that they don't know what to do with it versus small business? 
that's okay. Listen, I can shoot a million dollar video. You're just going to get better video. I'm not going to scale the price. We're just going to get better actors and I'm still making a profit off that. We're going to get better locations. I'm still making a profit off that. We're going to get, you want to shoot it with a different camera? We'll go run it. It's not a problem. I can run the score up all you want, but my base price is my base price. We can, we can get you whatever you want on my base price. We can shoot the Blair Witch Project, but we can run the score up and shoot Transformers Part 6 if you want. It's up to you. But my base price is my base price. Period. So, you know, go. Yeah, that's right. Hit them with a monthly video package. Go, go. Um, he said, my apartment told me their minimum increase is 6% a year. Minimum increase. Correct. Adjust for inflation. You, you got to adjust for cost of living. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's business, right? Consumers or people who have not dove deep into business aren't thinking about that. Business people who study at MBAs and they live and they think it's yes, definitely. They're looking at the depreciating value of a camera you bought and how much money you should be making off of it before they make a purchase. A lot of people just, you know, a lot of people got the A7S3 in their cart looking to buy, not knowing how they're going to get that money back. I know what the value is of a camera. I know how much, what my budget is to buy a camera and how long it's going to take me for that to make the profit that I want for me to make three, four, 12 times off of it. What I bought for, you know, what I paid for it. Those are things you got to think about as you buy it. If you're not bringing in no customers, you shouldn't be buying no new camera, period. I can pay off a camera in one job. Most times two cameras in one job. That don't mean I'm going to get a new camera every, every, you know what I'm saying? Every job. No, but those are things that you got to think about as you go into the business side of it, the business side of it. It's not just about what you want. 8k don't even make sense right now. If you bought an 8k camera, you got to buy 8k computers that can edit 8k, 8k monitors. So that one you think is just going to be a $3,800 investment, maybe a $12,000 investment that you didn't think about. So it's important that you look at your business like that. It's important that you look at your business like that. Let me ask you a few more questions real quick. Hiring companies won't hire you if you change your price thinking you're cheating. them. That's correct. The worst thing you want to do, and good looking out, Fun Film, that's a great, that's a great point. The worst thing you want to do is get caught up changing prices on a client because you think they got money. That, that, is, a, that is a trust issue. They will not trust you because a company, let's say a company got $500,000 to blow on video and you quote them 25,000. What they're going to do is they're going to come back and keep using you, keep using you up until they budget gone. That's what I want. I want the trust. I want them to trust me with what I'm doing. I want them to, to buy from me often. I don't mind working for my money. I don't want to just rob them. I'm not here to rob you. You know, I'm here to get honest work at an honest pay. I'm not here to rob you and get all I can get out of you. No, I'm here to build a relationship where anytime you sneeze about a picture or video, you're on my line, you're in my inbox asking, am I available? That's what I want. Because you may be able to hit them over the head for 50,000 at one time, but if you would have held on to them and gave them what they need, you could have probably got 500,000 out of them over the course of three years. I've seen it happen. I've seen $500 customers, like I said, turn into $15,000 customers easily. We did some cheap stuff for them. They loved it, wanted to know what it would take to take it to the next level, and we gave them that. 
So don't, don't, I don't want to say con your clients. Establish your price. Just like you have clients that can't afford you, you have clients that can't afford you. Establish your price. Live and die by that price. Warner, good looking out on a super chat. If you're shooting multiple types of videos, real estate, corporate, entrepreneur, narrative, how do you know whether your base or day rate is off? Okay, so I have a base or day rate per niche. That's a great question. My base rate for corporate event photography is different than my base rate for video production, right? Because I have different proposals set up for each one with a base rate. That base rate will, that proposal will talk about the base rate and what's included. What's included in my corporate event photography base rate is completely different than what's included in my video because corporate, you know, one photographer is not going to bring lights, strobes. If you need, I've had jobs where they wanted, um, pictures of the event. Plus they wanted a headshot studio. Cool. We're charging you to do edits. We're charging you to bring lights. We're charging you for that backdrops, all of that. That's cool. That's a different, that's a different base rate. So each niche should have its own base rate. Each one should have its own base rate. And I got a little simple, some simple, right? Some simple. I'll tell you if you hire me to do video and then you want me to end doing photo on the same day, I'm going to charge you the highest base rate. I'm going to charge you the highest base rate. So if hypothetically my base rate is $1,000 and then $100 an hour for video, but my base rate for photography is $500 an hour and $50 an hour, I'm still going to charge you the $1,000 base rate for video and then $100 an hour. That's how you, if you're doing both. Fun films, say so you get the least, um, you'll get at least this amount every live. So my base rate for fun film is $2. I feel like a stripper. So <laughs> it's, um, Raymond says, I'm the guy that wants to buy the Sony, but I have no idea how much profit, if any, it will make from it. Just being honest with myself. You got to be honest with yourself to make it in this game, right? You can't BS yourself. I, I don't want to be another guy you're tuning into that's just going to BS you into thinking you need 8K or you need even more 4K right now. If you got an A6500 or better, you really don't need an A7S III. I'm just going to be real with you. You, you. you probably don't need it unless you got, like if you got a 60D right now, yeah, you, you need it. You got a 70D, 80D. You may want to go ahead and look into that bad boy. But... If you got something that shoot 4K at 30 frames a second, that's all you need. If I had a dollar for every time I really needed 4K 60, I'd be, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, it's nice. It's a nice to have. I use it for B-roll. I don't use it for a majority. It's I use it for 25% of the actual filming that I do. And I'm just being honest with you. 4K 120 sounds dope. I had it on, I think the FS5 did 4K 120 with the Atomus Inferno. I think I use it on one job. I use it on one job, maybe. I'm just being honest with you. All that stuff is great, but it ain't. It's nice to have, right? We're just got we just gadget guys. We want it, but it isn't. You know, it's not gonna make a difference. It's not going to bring you more money, right? Invest in things that bring you more money. Invest in things that's going to help your business. That that $3,500 you want to drop into an A7S3 to, to get 
double your frame rate or better slow motion footage, it's not going to help you bring in no clients, right? You put that $3,500 into your website, marketing, good copy, your logo, that $3,500 can make you six figures. I mean, think about where you want to put this money into, right? Is it really worth it? I love what the camera companies are doing. Let them fight it out. I'm going to be over here waiting for them prices to drop. Let them boys duke it out over there. I'm going to instigate like a mug. You gonna take that cannon, Sony? You gonna let them let them fight it out? I'm gonna figure out how to get my bag, and when I get my bag, then I'm gonna go over there and clean out. But me buying another camera is a luxury, right? It's a reward for me for reaching a certain sales goal that I had in mind, or surviving a pandemic and staying afloat, or whatever. It's, it's that's it. It's, it's no beneficial gain for me. I got a Black Magic Ursa. I got 15 stops of dynamic range at 4K60. I'm good. What, what do I really need another camera for? I'm not even, my YouTube channel is is not even to the point right now. And I'm and I'm just, I just want to be honest with you. Like, like some YouTube channels can justify buying it because they can get the money back from making videos and telling you about it. My channel is not there. I don't have 500,000 subscribers where I can put out a video and make $3,500 off the video. It doesn't make sense for me to go buy one to talk to you about it. I don't, it, I'm not making that money off of it like that. Right. For me, I got to make money in the field with it. Right. I got to use it with a client. I make more money off of Osmo pocket because how portable and small and I can get quick shots. than I can off a camera that's offering me something I already got on three of my cameras, three out of four of my cameras shoot 4k 30. I don't need more. And I'm delivering something in 1080p. So if I want fast, streaming, smooth, slow motion, I'll just get it in 1080p. And I, I'm getting 240, 120. That's it. Like, I don't, there's not a reason for me to go get it. I'm not, when I get 500,000 subscribers, if that ever happens, then I can say, okay, I can go invest in the new camera. And then I can do eight videos on it. And then I'll make that money back. That's not the case here. I can take that money and put it into, you know, investing in creating tools for the master course to help you. That's a better return on investment. You know what I'm saying? Like I can do other things with it. So before, um, you know, before you're able to go out and buy that camera, just think about what else you can do with that money. He said he was able to pay for $11,000 PC bill with my, my YouTube videos. I only had um, 7,800 subscribers. I'm not, there is some profit in it. It's just not a direct instant, you know, me being the first guy with a hands-on video of this camera will directly pay it. it it's not yet. So, McKinley, Oliver, looking at the Super Chat. Can you explain your subscription contract? Does it give clients limited amount of videos for a monthly rate or a discount on each video? Thanks. That's a great question. Let me take a sip and we're going to talk about that. Ah, the Coca-Cola hit when you're thirsty. Okay. For those who've purchased my contract pack, right? What My contract pack offers a variety of things um, because it's tailored to be a little flexible for you. But the main thing I wanted to avoid whenever you're signing somebody up for a subscription. Good looking out, uh, Red Base Media on the Super Chat. Appreciate the realness. The main thing you want to avoid, right, when signing somebody up for a subscription or doing ongoing work 
is the worst thing that can possibly happen for you. You give them a discount for the first one. They take that discount, get one done, and they don't call you back. Now you've taken a hit and you were promised all this crap you never got, right? You never got. My contract stipulates that they are to receive a discount based on our, our, our contract being a certain length of time, based on you getting six videos from us, right? And for easy numbers, let's say, let's say five videos, right? My contract states that we're going to do a five-month deal. I'm going to do your videos for easy numbers for $800 a video. The regular price is $1,000. So by signing this agreement to do five videos, which would have cost you $5,000, now cost you what? $4,000. However, if you break this contract, you owe the full price for every video we've done. So you owe that extra $1,000 plus some, plus some. Because we've, I've blocked off this, you know, I've set it up for us to work with you for, for five months. If you break, if, if by the third third video, you're like, nah, I'm good, cool, we can end it, but you're going to pay me back the 20% off each video we gave you the discount for and an additional month. It's only business. You think it's crazy? Look at your lease. If you wanted to like piece them out or you wanted to even stay month to month, you go back to the regular price. So... That's with my contract. That's how I have it. Because you meet so many people that's like, bro, you work with me. I'm going to do this. I got you. Let me get the hookup on this one. And when I blow up, I don't do that, bro. Sign the contract. Let's do business. If anyone owe you and don't pay you, just file a copyright infringement case. Yes and no, right? Um, yes and no. Copyright infringement cases are very expensive to go after. And yeah, you can say, well, when they lose, they pay for your, but you can lose a case. It's like people don't understand. You can get sued for money and not pay. It's a whole nother court case to come after your bread. Now, businesses usually are a little better about it because they got it and it's pennies and they don't want the bad publicity. But people are, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes it's hard to get money from people you sued. I had a guy sued for messing up a car motor that I paid him to do 10 years ago. He didn't pay a penny. I had to pay other lawyers to try to garnish and go after. And it's difficult to get money after you sue somebody. People think as soon as the hammer go down, money just is deposited in your account. And no, it don't work like that. It's expensive to sue people. That's why they make it so that the person who lose got to pay the court fees. But if they don't, what if they don't got no money? What if they don't got no money? Now what? What are you going to do? Nothing. Just look at them. They give you 22 cents. They can, they can set them an arrangement to give you a dollar a week and say, we ain't got no money. Either you're going to take this dollar a week or you're turning down our ability to pay. You're saying you don't want our money. So either you want our money or you don't want our money. But our money is a dollar a week. Do you agree to get this dollar a week? And if you can't fight and prove to say they got more than a dollar a week available, guess what? You're getting a check for a dollar a week forever. So... A lawsuit don't necessarily, I'm not going to say it don't mean nothing, but it ain't the end all save all. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it ain't going, it ain't the golden ticket. You sometimes, you know, you got to show up with a throw punch. Sometimes you got to put your hoodie up. No, I'm joking. Don't, don't, don't use that. 
keep in mind I'm from Detroit, so it slip out sometime. All right. Um, how would a contract be enforced? Okay. Great question. Okay, first off, first things first, having a contract will eliminate your need to enforce it 80 to 90% of the time, right? People are like, ah, they assign it. I don't want to go through all that, right? That's, that is, it's like, a, it's kind of like putting cameras in a store. It'll prevent the theft way more, you know, because if, if a camera captures somebody stealing and they gone, like what use is it? They gone. The product gone, they gone. The camera is there so somebody who's thinking about stealing can look up and see it and be like, oh, let me put this back. That is what your contract is for. Now, it's because it's not BS and it's actually a real written legitimate piece of, you know, legal, it's a legitimate legal document. It will make it so that if you do got to go into a courtroom and they signed off on it, there is no argument. It's an open and closed. Hey, did you sign here? Yeah. Is this your signature? Yeah. Then you owe him money. Case closed. Next. It's made to be that. Now, unless they got a team of super, you know, unlimited money can get you out of almost anything in America. Let's be real. You heard of a guy named OJ. I'm not saying he did it. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm just saying. The court says he's innocent, so he's innocent. Money can get you out of a lot of stuff. You're not gonna you're not gonna put up a regular contract up against Google and think that you're gonna, you know what I'm saying? Like, they'll fight you for it. They have the money to they have the money to make you come to court so much that you can't do nothing else. And you like, forget it. I've been here eight times in a month. I don't got the money to keep coming back. That, that's just a way lawyers do to make you to be the course, to be the case. So the, the goal of the, the contract is to be that camera. Now, just like cameras, they can't stop you from stealing. They can only deter you from stealing. And then they can prove that you stole. The rest is up to you. The rest is up to you. So that's the purpose of a contract. That's how you enforce a contract. Court, the, court case, the, court, the courts will enforce it if they sign it. Um, but then you got to go through a whole other system of fighting to get your money. And if it's a big company, you know, they don't want to get garnished. They got millions. They'll just be like here. So, but without a contract, people feel like they can just do whatever they want to do to you. They can just do whatever they want to do to you. And they will, they will get whatever they can get from you and be like, well, you didn't say it. You said you would cut my grass for $20. Well, I paid you 20. I want everything cut. That acre over there, this half over here, back behind the house, through the woods. You said $20 to cut grass. You agreed to it. I don't know where you said just the front. You said $20 to cut my grass. So I'll see you in two days when you're done cutting my grass. What? People will get over on you. So the contract is there to protect you, to make sure you're not getting hosed and you're not getting abused and used by somebody who was like, oh, I thought you meant, I thought you were going, but you said you were going to edit video. I need more changes. Yeah, man, but this is your 85th change. Well, you said you were editing video. You didn't say that I couldn't change it 80 times. I could, or somebody called you back a year from now, like, I need changes to the video. We don't even have that video. Why not? We only agreed to keep it for three weeks. Where is that at in the contract? So it'll help you help protect you. They're designed to protect you, period.
All right. Josh said I had one of my attorney friends write up some contracts. If I add this to my contract form from, from time to time, should I always consult professionals to make sure the wording is right? Yes. You always want to have a lawyer look at it if you make any changes to it. Johnny Cochran threw a contract out the window. Yep. So, you know, people will take advantage of you. Raymond said, got to go. Hopefully I can watch it tomorrow. Just spent a huge chunk of time here. It felt like 10 minutes. <laughs> yes, it'll be up and available uh, after, and it'll be available on the podcast. So if you listen to the podcast or you, uh, you're about that podcast life, we got it there. So make sure you protect yourself. Make sure you got the contracts on point. I, I stress that every video because I see so many people get burnt, especially wedding, like wedding photographers, wedding videographers, burnt. Real estate guys, burnt. Just, you got rights too, man. You got rights. And we, see, the thing is this. What we do is so subjective. What we do is so subjective. Somebody can just be like, I don't like it. Yeah, I know I told you to put that over there and take that, but I don't like it, so I ain't paying you. Then what? You going to fist fight them? No. What's the difference between this and the podcast? Serious question. Skyline, I like that. Some people don't have time to sit and watch. They want to put it in their ear and go do stuff and just listen. That's what the podcast offers as well. This one, you can see it. The podcast, you can't. And sometimes on the podcast, we have interviews and stuff that we don't have here. So, yes, you say you got it. You got to watch it on YouTube. Then hit up the Flash Film Podcast to really listen and digest. Second time, he said, here's a ton. Um, here's a lot of the second time around. I missed YouTube video. So. What I suggest recommend Legal Shield. I've heard of Legal Shield. Um, I think it's that that is the uh the $25 a month kind of lawyer at your disposal. I I don't know enough to say no. I like having a personal lawyer that knows me. When I walk in the door, they're like, oh, what's up, Todd? What's what's going on? And I don't gotta go back and re-explain everything. I like a lawyer that's like, oh, okay, I know what's up. Okay, we, we, I get it. That's what I like. So, you know, people trying to burn me by wanting raw footage. Contracts instantly protect me. That's right, okay. Um, which which question you asked, Fun Film? I didn't even see it. But, you know, those are, those are, contracts are there. You have to... You have to set your guidelines as a business owner, right? You have to have rules. You have to have rules. Every store, every company you deal with has rules. You can't be this wobbly, watery, bendable, price negotiating business, or you won't make it. There are people who make a living off bending rules, loopholes. A lot of times they're called criminals. Right. But people, honestly, if you don't have the backbone and structure, they'll do whatever they want. They'll come in. They'll come and look at your menu and a bacon cheeseburger will be five dollars. But a cheeseburger will be two dollars and then bacon on the side will be a dollar. And they'll be like, you know what? I want to order a, a burger, but I want to order bacon on the side. And then they'll just put it on their cheeseburger and be like, thank you. I just saved a dollar by finding a loophole in your menu because y'all wasn't smart enough to figure that out. So. 
Fun Film say I bought some uh, light bars, rectangle slim lights. Will these work as a good as the eye lighter? No. Even if I put it under the face, no. Because the eye lighter, for those who don't know, eye lighter is a diffuser that when you shine light above it or at it, it illuminates the face and then it perfectly illuminates around the face. Nope. I have found nothing that competed or replaced my eyeliner. One of my favorite purchases ever. The corporate guys will keep leaning on you um, until they take everything. Yes, it's business. Listen, Sony, Sony want to put Canon out of business right now. Canon want to put Sony out of business right now. They want them to be on the streets. That's why, look at the timing of the drop, dropping it. You think Sony didn't say, okay, <laughs> let them go ahead. They're trying to put each other out of business. It is a dog fight right now. We're just watching it. Xbox is trying to put PlayStation out of business but, and vice versa. That's just business. That's war. It's just two battleships just shooting at each other. One of them going to sink. Torpedoes, and I know y'all probably seen Greyhound, the new movie with Tommy. It's just war, bro. It's just it is what it. That's what business is. I want I want to I want to hurt you so bad that I can buy your company for pennies on a dollar just so I can lay y'all off. Just so I can change the signs on your location to my store name. That's pure domination. I'm gonna buy your company. And I'm gonna lay off your CEO. Cause he should have bowed down. He should have. He shouldn't have came at me and said what he said. You know what I'm saying? It's war. Netflix and Blockbuster went head up for a long time, and Netflix won. It's it's pure war, and you have to understand that. Listen, the most there the most cutthroat term somebody can say to you is it's just business. That is the most cutthroat, deadly. Like damn, that's cold blooded. Like. Like you out here, you're wrong. Hey, buddy, it's just business. And they walk off. That is the most deadliest term you can hear. You see it in gangster movies when they get ready to, they tell you to go stand in that barrel and they're going to shoot you in the head. And they come up to you and be like, hey, it's just business. Pop, put the thing on the lid, pour the acid in there. And put, you know what I'm saying? Like business is a cutthroat, dirty, low down battlefield it is a low down place so you have to protect yourself if you don't you're not gonna make it how many lawsuits do it take for you to be gone how many how many weddings do you got to get a money back for you to be hurting right now how many jobs think about it if think about your last two or three jobs if three of them companies called you up like yo i'm gonna need that money back i'm gonna need that money back we don't like it I know you hurting in the pandemic. We don't care. Send me that bread. I had a client do that. I had a client that I didn't. I had a client that booked something. They paid for it. It was during COVID. They wanted to move it. I'm like, yeah, we can move it. And they were like, we need the money back. It's not gonna happen. Refer to your contract, page three, sector two. We can move it, but I'm not. I'm not sending you a penny back. It's a non-refundable retainer, right? It is what we can move it. We can move it till next year. More than happy to, but I'm not sending you nothing because I blocked that time off that I could have booked with somebody else. That in a, that in and of itself is valuable. Me saying the 25th is yours, and I'm not taking nothing else on the 25th, cost you 
at least 50% of the event. My contract states that. You agree to it, I agree to it. We don't got nothing to talk about. That's right, protect your neck. So sounds like what, what Cannon did to Toshiba Medical System. Yes. So clients, I mean, companies are out to kill each other, man. Had a client ask you to get the rights to shoots. Honestly, oh, he said I had a client ask me to get the rights to the shoots. I honestly thought of Ty. Sure, you can have the rights for an extra fee. Yeah, if you're gonna sell it, sell it for high. Cause they gonna make a they needed to make a ton of money off of it. Right? Anybody that's saying that the 1080p file that I'm delivering is not enough, it's probably because you want to go to broadcast and broadcast needs higher bit rates. And well, you broadcast and you about to put it in front of millions of people, and I'm about to get paid. Period. Period. Because I didn't agree to that. I agreed to do video for your website. I didn't agree to do video that will be broadcast regionally, nationally, on any level. I didn't agree to that. That's not what we agreed to. Had I known my work was going to be in front of a million people, I would have charged you accordingly. I didn't. I charged you thinking that a couple thousand was going to see it on your website or internally. That's what you paid for. Now, Guess what? I got to go back and get the right licensing for that music. I got to go back and make sure that the actors and everybody involved understand where things are going. They, they didn't, you didn't tell them they was going to be on national TV talking about, you know, Hey, if it itched down below, I use this cream to help stop the itching. You told me you was going to put that on a few pages on Facebook. Now they watching TV for Thanksgiving and mama pop on the screen. Like, Hey, if you itching down below, I use this. They didn't agree to that. Now they're like, what the? F-? They didn't agree to that. That's the worst case scenario, but you get what I'm saying. They didn't agree to that. So that's not fair to them. Now you're making a million dollars off your itching cream. They got their little $300 for doing a little hour shoot and they, and they getting ragged on like, you know what I'm saying? They're okay. Getting ragged on if they made 20,000, but they're not okay. Getting ragged on if they made $300, I'm not okay getting ragged on. You know what I'm saying? Like, didn't y'all shoot that commercial with the itchy crotch lately? Lady? Like, yeah, that was us. We ain't make no money off of it. I'm okay if I'm kicked up bills paid. Like, yeah, we shot it. You know what I'm saying? So th- that's thing. Like, it's just business. And somebody will get over. They will try to get over on you on that. It, you know, just like if you go to Amazon, if you go to Amazon right now, and that mug say the A7R3 is supposed to be listed for... 3,500, but they forget it's zero. And it's $350. You're going to put as many of them in your cart as you can, and you're going to expect Amazon to honor it. Well, it was there. <laughs> hey, y'all had it listed. Y'all take the loss. It was there. So you have to protect yourself. Elijah, with the super, super, super chat of the day. Good looking out. He says, uh, wait, he says, when are your, what are your go-to questions when speaking to a client to find out what the problem that they need fixing or to come up with the content ideas that can help them. Obviously questions will come the more you dig. Um, but what are the go-to questions to start your uh, diagnosis? Great questions. Great question. Good looking out on the super chat. You are the super chat hall of famer of the day. Every time I see you, bro, your box is red. I appreciate it. Much, much love and respect to you. First off, um, Let's talk about that, right? So if you follow the channel, I tell you all the time, don't be a drug dealer, be a therapist, be a doctor, offer a solution to your client. When you offer that solution to your client, you're more than just a camera guy. 
right? You've developed a relationship, you're networking with them, and they will continue to work with you. Just like you feel a need to go back to your doctor every time, right? You go back to your doctor every time because your doctor knows you. Your doctor knows what hurts. He knows last time we seen you, you had knee pain. Now you got back pain. Let's work. Those are relationships. So you want to build that relationship with your client by asking them questions. My go-to questions are usually around who is your target audience? What are you trying to achieve with this content? What are you trying to achieve? What are we here to, like, like what does success look like for you? Those are three, three questions I ask every single client. What is your target audience? What are you trying to achieve? What does success look like? How can we measure it? You know, I'm trying to get more people to the Facebook page. Okay, how can we measure that? Where are you at currently? Can we see those stats? And where do you want to get? So we can know how aggressive we need to be with our call to action. Those are three questions you want to ask every single customer. From there, you're going to dig and do more, do more things. They may say, hey, we want to make more sales on a particular product. What are you trying to make more sales on? You know, don't have me shoot a video or I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to shoot a video explaining who your brand is and your job is to sell more brooms. Don't nobody care about, you know, that you're whatever broom maker. If we want to focus strictly on selling more brooms, we need to do content based around that particular product. Now, you may have a client that's coming in and they want to do their whole story just to sell more brooms. No, it's not a good idea. That's kind of like giving you chemotherapy, giving chemotherapy to you for your whole body. And we know the cancer is just in your kneecap, right? Let's focus on what the problem is. And that way I can give you greater return on investment. So that's always the goal. Those are things you always want to ask a client. And when you ask a client, remember what I told you, they're going to have that. I never thought about that moment. I never thought about who's going to be watching it. Who's your target? Audience? Is this for training? How old is your, how old is your typical new hire? What's the average? You're hiring a lot of teenage companies to tell you they're hiring a lot of teenagers. You're hiring a lot of older folks. You're hiring a lot of, if you, if you shooting a video for greeters at Walmart, them greeters are usually 55, 60 plus. They're usually retired people that just want to do something. So I know to make a video that's more slower pace for older people. It's slower pace. Hey, welcome to Walmart. Today we're going to talk about how to greet. Greeting is, they're going to get it. Oh, Young people need to be like, boom, Walmart, let's go to Walmart. Everybody at Walmart coming in. It's all crazy and dope and it's lit and it's hype. And when they come in, you got to be like, what up? Younger people can relate to that. Older people will be like, I, I don't know what's going on. Get me out of here. Older people, we got to be like, welcome to the Walmart training video. My name is Ty. I'm your host. It's going to be like a golf commercial. It's going to be like, a, look at, look at, okay, look, I'm going to give you an example, right? I'm going to give you some homework. When you look at drug commercials, right? From now on, when you look at drug commercials that sell drugs, that sell some type of prescription, that sell some type of something, right? I want you to look up. I want you to look up what it treats, what's the age range it normally treats, and then think about the commercial, right? Because all of these, like, look at like Viagra commercials. You don't see no young women in Viagra commercials. You don't see young, hot, 22-year-old like, hey, Viagra. You, Nope. Nope. You don't see it because younger men don't usually suffer from what it treats. You see hot, older, is the correct term MILFs? I don't even know if I want to use that, but we're going to roll with it. You see older women who are beautiful. That's like, my husband takes this, and I love it. That's their target audience. 
is the wife that's sitting there like, you know what? You do need some, uh, we do need to hook you up. You do need, you need to get that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because all a wife got to do is just look at gifts. Is that grandma's? Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. But the, the commercials don't even go after the guys no more. The guys are like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It go after the wives. And the wives are like, I got him this and he took this. And we've been, whoo, I got to bring Gatorade. You know what I'm saying? And the wife see the commercial and they look at you like, you going to call or you want me to call? You know what I'm saying? Like, look at who they go after. They're designed to go after a certain. And then you start looking at younger drugs. You know what I'm saying? Like Claritins or like certain stuff that like younger. I'm going to say younger people take Claritin. But there's certain drugs that's designed for like younger people with younger problems. And these people are like out in the world. Like I was sitting on the couch and now I'm out here and I'm doing what I love to do because I'm good now because I took this cream and my itch is going. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just different. But they know who the target audience is. You don't see fast-paced Viagra commercials. You just don't see it. They're all like, hey, look at me. Look at my wife. She's happy. And the wife is like, I'm as happy as I've ever been. I can't even walk. Hey, it's been a while since she said that. But thanks to Viagra, I'm back. I like to think I'm back. <laughs> so it is what it is, but... You got to start looking at who the content is created for. And when you go in and you talk to a client, you're there to help create content for their audience. And those that's things that they got to think about. <laughs> those are things that they got to think about that, that they're not thinking about. They're just like, I need a video. It works for everybody. We may have to do different types of video for different audiences. An executive video is going to be different than somebody working at the register. They're just two different markets. They're two different ideal clients. If you're working at a register, you probably put, put golf. If you're an executive, you're probably actually on the golf course. So it's just two different. You got to go in with the idea of understanding what they're trying to do. So, you know, I've noticed ads towards our age group remind me of growing up on Nickelodeon for the night. Yes. Yes. Hey, would you invest in two A7S3s? Or the FX9 for production work, such as music videos, YouTube videos. I'm going with two cameras, always better than one. You ain't got one camera if you don't got two. You got to have two. Get two of the same cameras. If you're in business, you got to have two cameras, period. You do not want to have to end a shoot with an iPhone. Like, hey, my camera died. You're going to look into this iPhone. Big difference. So when you, when you, you know, when you work with your client, try to understand Try to understand what they need. Be their therapist. Hey, come have a seat. Talk to me. Let's just talk about how business has been going. What you're trying to do? Where you're trying to go? Have those conversations with your client. Be their therapist. Then offer a solution that's based around content. If you are just a cameraman, if you're just showing up like, what you need me to shoot, boss? Point me in a direction. You, you think they're going to be like, shoot that? You got that? Yeah. Zoom. Them days are over with, bro. Don't, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. They barely, they're barely working on the news stations. News, news people are showing up with iPhones, putting their iPhones up, recording right into their iPhone, live on location, because now they don't have to have that big camera. They got the cable that go to the truck with the satellite that's going up. They're going straight from the iPhone. We're connecting to you with Sprint or Struggle Mobile right now. We got Struggle Mobile live reporting on location, and they set that bad boy up in a ring light, and they're going for it, especially with, with what's happened in the pandemic. 
iPhone video, iPhone footage is starting to be way more acceptable. Look at all these ESPN and Fox and everybody they're interviewing is, is on iPhones and Androids and laptops. All that footage is starting to be acceptable like I don't know what. It, just, it wasn't two years ago. Now it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine to tune in to ESPN and four out of the five hosts are tuning in from a, from a laptop or a cell phone with, their, with a bookshelf in the back. And the lighting is crappy and they got on ear pods and they're just talking. It's acceptable now. That's not going nowhere. That bar that lowered, it's not going to jump back up when this is over with. It's not, it's not going to happen. Because, because companies are finding out that people are okay with iPhone footage. Wait a minute. We didn't have to send a $200,000 truck. We didn't have to spend um, $200 a minute to rent a satellite to send a signal. You did it on a cell phone and you got Struggle Mobile and, it's, you, and viewership is up. Why are we spending $300,000 to get this interview? No. Send an iPhone. They did the whole NFL draft like that. They got a kit that had a cell phone, a stand, a, a, a freaking ring light, and a plug. And that was it. And they just put it in each other's houses and was like, yeah. So that bar is not going back up. That bar is going to be there forever. And cell phone footage is going to continue to get better. That's how that bar is going to be raised. So it's something you got to think about. That's the new normal is different. Correct. The lockdown probably made, okay, say the lockdown probably made the major channels rethink how they're shooting now. Much cheaper to shoot. Yes. What do I think the future of content creation will be? It'll be about storytelling. It'll be about your ability to tell a story, not the tool you use. Think Right now, right now, you have the tools to shoot a movie that can go to the movies. You, you got a tool to shoot something that can go straight to Netflix right now with what you got. If you got a camera, some lights, a boom pole, a mic, you can literally go to Netflix right now. You just don't got the budget to put in the crashing cars and all the, you know what I'm saying, the crew. But you have what it takes to get there now. The tools have been there. It's not about the tools anymore. It's about this. It's about this. Right? I know a lot of photographers that got a lot of cameras. They're not good at photography. They got the best cameras in the world because they rely on the camera and not this. They let the camera say, okay, this is exposed. Instead of saying, you know what? I want to create lighting that does this to my subject to tell this story, to create this feel. They're not using this. They got the camera like, okay, uh, it says I need to be on F8. Okay, let me scroll it. Okay, the meter in the middle. Okay, smile. That, them, them guys ain't going to make it. They just spending money. Just like you know a lot of guys who got a lot of pianos and recording gear and they call themselves musicians and they got all these racks and they got a studio. I got a studio in the crib and you play their music and you're like, ugh. Where do you, like, do you hear this, bro? Yeah, I hear it. You can buy the equipment. That don't mean you're good. Right? Music has come to that, right? It, we, think about music. Think about music. You can get $99 Fruity Loops to make beats or make music on your computer that replaces a whole symphony orchestra of people and every instrument that were just waiting on your command. That $99 application replaces a room full of people. I don't see a lot of Beethoven's coming out of it, but those who are smart enough to know that the creativity happens here and get it out using those tools will succeed. So the future is, just like we got now, a bunch of people that are leaving it up to technology 
getting whooped and waxed by people that are doing it with this. Number one, one of the biggest things I tell you on this channel is if you can't outshoot a iPhone, you will not be in business. If you can't outshoot a iPhone, you will not be in business. Pay attention to what iPhones are doing, cell phones are doing. They're blurring backgrounds, shallow depth of field now. They're adding enhanced lighting. They're cleaning up the face. That means you got to outshoot an iPhone and have better Photoshop skills than an iPhone. So if you can't outshoot a cell phone, you're not going to make it. That's the cutoff point. That's the that's the minimum level of entry. Is the you know it's an iPhone portrait mode. If your pictures don't look better than that, and you need to understand lighting to do it because iPhones can only do the best with the lightness there. They can add some CGI or add some effects, but your understanding of lighting should be able to outperform lights that aren't there. Period. Your your expertise with lighting and creating an image using lighting should always outperform what's not available that's added digitally or at least for the next 10 to 15 years. So that's the, that's the bar. An iPhone portrait mode is the bar. Go look at your work. Go look at some of your pictures you're posting. Go look at it. Take a picture with your, take your best next time on your shoot, take your best picture with your camera, with your cell phone. I mean, with your regular mirrorless or DSLR light it as best you can. Then take the same picture with your iPhone and watch watch how much you learn about yourself. I can outshoot most most DSLR guys with my iPhone and some lights. People be like, what did you take that on? I'd be like, iPhone. All my friends and family are like, what? I'm thinking about getting into photography. Like, what camera should I start with? An iPhone. It ain't about the camera. It's about your understanding of how to use it. I understand to get a shallow depth of field. I want to shoot at 2.8. I understand if I want to get everything in focus, I want to shoot at F22, F, F16. I understand those things. An iPhone doesn't. They're just going to shoot whatever, however it can to get whatever it can get. When you understand it, then you create the image. Going from amateur to a pro. Amateur was shooting a lot of stuff in hopes that I got something dope. Being a pro, I designed the image. I walked in the door, said my fill light need to be this, my key light needs to be that. Bring in the hair light, bring it down. Okay, turn like this, bring your chin down. Let me see your eyes. Pop, I'm done. Peace. An amateur was like, pop, 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 pop. Hold on, let me get that. Let me get this. Let me get that. And I get home like, oh, I hope I got something good. As a professional, I knew what I came to get, and I was done. So something you got to think about. Struggle mobile, yeah, that's, that's when you... uh. When your phone don't connect. He said, I know this dynamic range, but I think it's because I have experience with more professional cameras. I think most people don't know one picture better than the other. That is correct. A lot of people don't know the difference between a good picture. I always ask myself when I take a picture, what makes this a good picture? Ask that about your pictures. What makes this? That's why. And listen, this hurt booty photographers hard. This tear them. They hurt hard when they, what makes your picture dope? What makes this a good picture? And they'd be like, the booty. The booty makes it a good picture. The model makes it a good picture. Not, not your ability to take that image. Stop taking pictures of booties and see how great your, your work is. Um, you start to notice dynamic range when you start looking at better cameras that can capture it. You start looking at a lot of red footage. You'll see why people want 15 stops of dynamic range compared to 13. One of my previous videos, you said your niche should be abandoned if there's no interest after 90 days. Does that still apply during the pandemic? We see a lot of interest, but no one wants to buy. Okay, let's talk about this because I think it's two separate things. Interest during the pandemic compared to general interest. 
during the pandemic, if you're if you can't survive, yeah, still abandon it because this ain't gonna be the last pandemic we have. And if you can't, you can't eat right now. If you can find something that eats well in the pandemic, you're going to overdose when we get out of this. If you can find a niche that that people are buying during this time, you are going to be flooded when we get out. All right, now that's one side of it. The second side of it is whatever your niche is, you should be able to almost tailor it to work in the pandemic. That's not people not buying. That's lack of creativity on your end to market your business well. That's lack of creativity on your end to market your business well. I don't care if you take pictures of animals. You should be marketing your brand to take pictures of animals during the pandemic. That means my marketing should have pictures of puppies in essential outfits. Is your are are you an essential worker? Let's get a picture of your puppy in a nursing outfit like you and take whatever you need to. The thing is, a lot of people in business are just doing business as normal. Hopefully people will buy from me now that we're in. No. The new normal requires you to be different, requires you to be different. So you're going to have to take your niche and bend it to fit within the new normal in hopes that things will go back to the way it was. But if it don't, hey, you good because you flexible to still do it. So whatever your niche is, if you're if your niche was filming corporate events, your niche should be streaming corporate events. Period. If your niche was, if you had a studio and you were bringing people in to do headshots, your niche may require you to go to their house now to do headshots. Let's do them in the backyard, natural light. Not natural light, but still stroll, but natural environment headshots. Your niche is going to have to bend to be successful. You do not want to go in a COVID niche. It's not going to be around that long. And then now you got to rebrand yourself as something different. Nobody's calling you because that's done and over with. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. So, Learn how to market your niche doing whatever. Just like it, it's a season, right? It's a season. Your niche survives in every season, right? You do things differently in Christmas than you do 4th of July. Your, your niche bend differently. You may go from regular headshots to Christmas headshots to 4th of July. Whatever whatever way it go, your, your niche and your business needs to be able to survive through it. The thing with holidays is you get to plan it so you know what's coming. But if you say, I just want to be a Christmas photographer, what you going to do in the summertime? If you say, I just want to be a niche that's surviving COVID, what you going to do when it's gone? You're going to be hungry. So build something that's universal, that's in the middle, that has the ability to bend towards whatever season we're in. You know, whatever season we're in, that's how you survive. That's how businesses survive. When you go in Walmart after Thanksgiving, it's Christmas stuff. You go in there after Labor Day, it's Halloween. Walmart is continually, to, they, they continue to build and bend to be what they need to be. All the stuff up front change. It go from pumpkins and pumpkin spice and Halloween costumes and candy. You go in there the day after Halloween, it's Thanksgiving stuff. You go in there the day after Thanksgiving, it's Christmas stuff. They take their niche of offering a lot to everybody for cheap and they bend it based on the season we're in. Your company needs to do that as well. If your company is just one thing all the time and that's it, you're not going to make it. Right now, people who are struggling during this time has not been, they not they have not went to find ways to bend their niche to accommodate those who are in this COVID situation. They're trying to do what they've been doing, wonder why ain't nobody buying from them. 
Times have changed. You got to switch it up. All right, we'll get ready to go in a minute. 15 years of booty photography. That's a whole lot of booty, Michael. That's a whole lot of booty, man. <laughs> um, You better start trademarks. These sayings are going to end up on search. Get them royalties. I may have to do that. They just, they just come from the dome sometimes. I have to go back and watch it. See, all I did say that. I will say this again. Marry the lenses, date the bodies. It's a whole lot of booty, Michael. Hope you got a whole lot of hard drives. We're gonna have to get a uh we're gonna have to get a a, a, a Michael uh G drive um like group member G drive <laughs> cloud account <laughs> portfolio. <laughs> I follow you on uh I follow you on Instagram, man. I see what you're doing. I'll be seeing you in them box. I them box. All right. The extra dynamic range and features of the FX9 in your opinion is not necessary. Would you rather invest in lighting, an A7S3, lenses, or just an FX9 and lens? Okay. Nothing beats lighting. I'll take lighting with a camera with 12 stops of dynamic range over natural light and a camera with 15 stops of dynamic range. However, I got nothing bad to say about the A7S3 right now. I'm just being real with you. I got nothing bad to say about it. I, I just, it's, it's just... It is, it's stuff that was found in like the, the C500 a year ago. Two, like, it, it was, like they're giving you 16 bits of raw. I don't, that's, that's ridiculous, dog. That's, what, what, what more could you ask? Like how do you follow up for that other than going higher resolution and offering the same thing? Like you can't ask for more than that. You wouldn't even know what to do with more than that. What do you, you don't even have the processing power to even use more than that right now. Some people are going to have to make computer upgrades for the A7S 3 So I like the FX9, and, and they probably waited after the FX9 came out to give it a breather. Like, everybody who's going to buy it need to buy it. They're going to buy it, and then let's come out with this. Because it, it, it pretty much eliminates it almost. It almost eliminates it. Two cameras with lighting is always better than one. Z23 Studio, truth, how we have survived. You got to adapt. You got to adapt. So... Um, what do you think about the crazy price of the Sony A7S 3 that nobody is going to buy because of the economic crisis caused by COVID-19? Gabrielle, I think everybody's still going to buy it. Money's still moving for a lot of people. Money's still moving for a lot of people. Um, They're still going to sell a ton of them cameras. They're still going to be back-ordered. I guarantee you that they won't be in stock for at least two months. Uh, I think the same is going to happen for the R5. I'm going to tell you, listen, this is a nugget for you. You ready? Get your papers and pencils down. Let me take a drink. I'm about to give you a late. For those who stuck around for this hour, two hours in, I'm about to give you a late nugget. Hold on. Listen to this. For the next two months, oh, my God. Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace is going to be blowing up with a bunch of dummies selling their gear for low because it's during the crisis and they're going to think a lot of people ain't got money for the crisis trying to get R5s and A7S3s. Right now is the time. It is Christmas. It is it is it's Craigslist prime time. Facebook marketing prime time for gear and camera bodies. That's going to be cheaper if you would have just if you ain't get a chance to upgrade before and you just sat on it. Oh, right now is the time. People going to be selling stuff for the low low. Now is the time to go ahead and go ahead and clean up cuz it's going to be dirt cheap. 
Probably not lenses, but camera bodies for sure. I'm sure somebody got a Sony and they're jumping over to the R5 and they want to get rid of all these Sony glass. Cool. Cool. I'll be right there to pick it up for the low. Right now is the time. So I think the A7S is going to be back ordered until probably around November, December, in my opinion. Shoot. So something to think about. All right, we get ready to wrap. It's been two hours. Late Nugget Tax. Good looking out, Smitty Vibe. That's the Late Nuggets. That's the Late Nugget right now. If you, oh my God, get them. That's what I love about announcements like that because people start selling stuff. Because right now is the time to do it. I usually sell it. I'm usually, I usually sell it before the announcement because I know about when stuff is coming. Like if I knew, if I had an A7S2 and, and Sony was like, we're making an announcement on the 28th about the new A7. I know I'm selling it before the announcement. I had an FS700, right? I sold it. I, I learned about the announcement of the FS5 was coming at, at, at uh, NAB. The FS700 was like $8,000 at the time. I sold it for six. I sold it for like $6,500, something like that. The next week, they dropped the FS5 for like $6,000. So instantly, the FS700 went from $8,000 to like $34,500. And then they brought out the FS5 at like $5,500. And then the FS7. I knew it was time to get my money for it. I got $6,500 for that camera. I had to let it go. All right. Um, it depends on your niche. If you're shooting every video, control, bright light, doesn't matter. 15 stops. If you're shooting outside, documentary, running gun, you can't be the A7S3. The low light, the dynamic range. Bruh, I, I, I got nothing bad to say about the camera yet. I got nothing bad to say about the camera. It's everything I could ever want in any video camera. Like, not even... In any video camera, mirrorless or not, the low light, bro, if you've not seen the low light on the A7S three, like, I've seen stuff where people was lit by moonlight. Like, it was ridiculous. Like, it is a night vision camera. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Um, you know, good a good Sony entry camera, lifestyle, graduation video, I'm always sticking with the A6500, A6600. Can't go wrong with those. A, the A lineup, the A65, 66s. Pretty cool. A64 or 66. A65 is a little older. But those are cameras that shoot 4K, like an A60, what is A6200? They overheat a little bit under, you know, you run them a lot at 4K, but they're probably online for about five, 600 right now. So, you know, got a D750, the 650 at the beginning of the pandemic. Yes. Remember, during pandemics and uh, economic downtimes, that's when thousandaires go to millionaires and millionaires go to billionaires. They buy, they sit on it, things go back up, they sell it all, they make a profit. It is a buyer's market right now. Um, buyer's market right now. Top pick for video photo shooter with more uh, a focus of photo under 3,000? A7 III. Not the S, the A7 III. It's the best for both worlds. All right, guys. Um, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap. Listen, real quick, we're always going to go live Tuesdays at 1 Central, Thursdays at 7. I appreciate you guys for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Give this video a thumbs up, some likes, some subscribes. I hope you were able to learn something here today. That's the most important thing, that you were able to leave this like saying, aha, I get it. I get it now. I get it. Michael, looking out in the super chat, having trouble with people following my systems and processes to figure out cracks in my systems. Any tips? 
Um, do you mean with clients? You having problems with clients following your systems and processes? Because these are things, when you create your systems and processes, these are things I would run by my beta clients. My three clients that I shoot for free, I walk them through this process over and over again. Um, sometimes, and I'm not saying me, but depending, sometimes it's good to have somebody outside look inside, look at the process. Because they'll be like, well, why are you doing this? Why you got to do that? I usually run them through my family, right? Have my family say, okay, approach me like you want a video. And then I'll run you through my systems and process. And then I'll listen to their questions. Why we got to do this? What's this part about? Why I got to, you know what I'm saying? You'll find a lot that way. Jay, good looking out for the super chat. Oh, y'all trying to keep me on here. It's cool. I'll stay a little bit. Okay. Um, I've used the GH5 for a while to shoot some short film. Recently bought an Ursa Mini Pro G1. I know it's not the same two cameras, but I think I can match them. In, but but do you think I can match them in post? Yes, you can match them in post. I've seen GHs and Ursa Minis um, get matched a lot in post. In fact, there are companies that makes um, LUTs to help that match a lot better. I see, I can't remember. I think it was I can't remember who made it. But you want to do some searches. But there are companies that help you match the colors um, with LUTs with LUTs. So you can match the two, definitely match the two. You can match almost any camera. It's just difficult when you go like Sony Canon because one is so magenta, the other is so red. It, it could be different. All right, make sure you guys definitely join the Facebook group, man. I, man, we have the best conversations in the Facebook group. It's my Facebook group, and sometimes it's hard for me to even keep up sometimes because there's always great content and people who are bouncing questions and ideas, and you get to watch people grow. So the Facebook group is Flash Film Academy on Facebook. Make sure you join it and like the page.